Disobedience, my little deviants. Together we will find the right ingredients. We will stir the goop that is the horror soup. And the last thing you will find is a spaghetti hoop. There's eyes and flies and anything that dies. There's a nasty surprise in every Set the world on fire. Blah 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 blah. Crash. Blah blah blah. But I do want to set the world on fire because this is spontaneous combustion. This was the big fucking joke you wanted to do. Yeah, I wanted to make explosion noises. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of explosions in this. To be fair, it's like there's there's not an abundance of explosions. Oh, there's there's uh yeah, lots of explosions. Yeah, it's like consistently uh, every second, and I think I live for it. I think I love it. I think every other movie should take from this and should take from Toby Hooper, and it should have more people spontaneously combusting. I think there's roughly fourteen-ish spontaneous combustions. You actually got it right on the money. There's 14 <laughs> spontaneous combustions. You counted? Good job, James. I counted. Look at me go. <laughs> Look at you. And, you know, I'm glad you did that, too, because at the end, I almost uh, messed it up. And I was like, oh, man, was there 14 or was there 15 of these? And I had to go back and go through my notes and count. And I am confident in the count, so you just reiterated. And now I feel even better about my decision. There we go. Also the also the earliest time that you've revealed the kill count in an episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, you kind of did. Yeah, um, earliest, earliest time that anyone spoiled the kill count in an episode yeah i guess i kind of just confirmed your spoil but uh you know i mean it's fine i don't i don't mind um it just shows you that we're about to talk about a, a movie that has a, a lot of explosions because all of none of the kills are not explosions <laughs> and i think that is also a really great part of this because you have other movies that are like okay we're a horror movie about a, a, a telekinetic nun and then the telekinetic nun will like you know maybe use telekinesis like once and everyone else gets like stabbed or shot or something Everyone blew up in spontaneous combustion. Yeah, I'm double-checking my list, and you are correct. There's not a single kill that's not an explosion. Yeah, they all blew up in a fiery blaze, and I love every... Some of them bled, to be fair. Some of them blew up in harder ways. Some of them, like, breathed fire. John Landis breathes fire, like actual fire, like a dragon. It's amazing. (laughs) And also, like, this is kind of... I don't know. Brad Dorif is the star of this, and he kind of hates it. He does not like this movie. He said that uh, he's not really happy with how it turned out. But honestly, I think that everything he doesn't like about this movie, I love about it. Yeah, I mean, I I think that maybe this movie just didn't get him what he wanted out of it. And so that's probably why he hates it. Like, he probably wanted to walk away from this movie and be like, look, 
I did like a mystery thriller thing with romance. Like I can do other shit. I was a leading man. You can cast me as a leading man. But if anybody watched this movie, they're probably not casting Brad Dorf as a leading man. Honestly, I'm watching this movie and I'm casting Brad Dorf as a leading man. You Brad should. Dorf, if you, you want to blow up again, I mean, I can blow you up again, like in a <laughs> very cool set. Like I don't know what I'll do. I'll probably just make spontaneous combustion too. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I would love. Uh, okay, I wouldn't love a modern remake of this, but I would like to see what a modern remake of this would be like. They better make it all explosion deaths, but I want to yeah. see how the explosions would look, how it would play out. Hang on, I want to, I want to, I want a modern one, but still with Brad Dorff. I don't want anyone else reprising the role of Sam. I agree with that. How old is he now? He was forty in this, so he's what, like seventy-one now? <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, he kind of be like a little <laughs> slow, but um. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll still take it. I want it. To what I said right before this, make a modern one, but make spontaneous combustion too. Some time has passed. He somehow, uh, I guess I won't spoil it, but he somehow got out of the predicament that he's in at the end of the movie. I don't know how. I cannot tell you how, and we'll get to that later, but um, he got out, and he's ready for he's ready for some new antics. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know what's crazy too? There is a chick in this. Her name is Nina. Do you know who Nina is? No, who's Nina? She's the mom in a Christmas story. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Oh shit. Damn. This movie kind of has some uh crazy it also has Dick Warlock in it. Uh Mr. Um uh uh Dick Buttkiss too. We got two different guys with uh funny names. Yeah, I mean there's just everyone that's in this is in a, a decent amount of other shit or like recognizable in other shit. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, like, I mean, we already mentioned John Landis too, but um, right. also the guy, uh, Brian Bremer, he's like uh, Brad Dorff's dad in this. He's in Pumpkinhead. He's in like Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. And then there was something. Oh, and he's in Society. Like, I specifically yeah. remembered him from Society, and that's why I ended up looking that guy up. Yep. Anyway, uh, if you didn't catch it already, this is directed by Toby Hooper. It's also written by Toby Hooper and uh, a guy named Howard Goldberg, who seems to have like a few of the writing credits with Toby Hooper, but doesn't. I I, I think he just knows the guy. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't look like he's done anything interesting. Yeah, sounds like. I mean, he might just be someone who's good for like Toby Hooper's own writing process of like, hey, th- I know I want to do this, 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 and this, but you f- you fill in the middle parts, you know. <laughs> This movie had a five and a half million dollar budget. Okay. I could see that though. Yeah. There's a lot of explosions. I mean, like <laughs> if any movie was going to use like, or, you know, spend a lot of money is probably this one. Yeah. Oh, so I'm not, uh, let me see exactly what it is. It looks like the box office wasn't that great. I can't, I can't imagine it was that good. It's not a good title. Yeah, so I can't I can't find the overall box office, but it only made about fifty thousand opening weekend. Mm, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I can't I can't find like an overall, but uh, maybe maybe that's because I got pulled after the opening weekend. I don't know, man. You really, you, I I just it makes me okay. I get it. I get it. It makes me sad though that in nineteen ninety people would see something like Spontaneous Combustion by Toby Hooper and wouldn't want to see it. They would just have no idea what they're even looking at. Like Yeah, well I still did it and the first thing <laughs> I saw when I when I when I was going through his credits and I saw Spontaneous Combustion, <laughs> that's the first thing that I went to and that was the like the first thing I was interested in. I do wonder, because obviously, you know, I can't go back in time. I feel like now especially more people know like directors' names 
I feel like maybe back then, like, you wouldn't even recognize, like, oh, Toby Hooper, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, I don't even know if you would actually recognize that, you know? I don't know, man. Well, I guess 1990 is a kind of a weird time. Yeah. I mean, I'd like, I'd like to hope that they do. I Hopefully, directors have always been well enough known, but, like, I just feel like general public, like, they probably didn't know as many directors back then. Well, that's upsetting. Um, I do know that after watching this, and this isn't the first time I've watched this, but after watching this very intently, I do want to watch more of Toby Hooper's weird stuff. I've seen a decent amount of it, and I'm starting to see a pattern. There is a few things in this vein that are just very uh, just off-putting and strange, and I, I want all of it. Yeah, you want to you wanna watch Life Force again? I don't want to watch Life Force again. Um, that's the side of Toby Hooper that also scares me. That's kind of like <laughs> kept me at a certain bay for a while. But um, yeah, there's a few things. There's a f- I've seen most of his stuff, but there are a few things that I haven't been able to get my hands on that I've never seen. I mean, Jin sucks. I will never yeah. cover Jin. If anyone is like listening to this, going like, "Oh man, I hope hope Caleb covers Jin one day." <laughs> I hate to break it to you right now, right here and right now, but I will never cover Jin. It looks rough. Yeah, I, there is no plot. There is nothing that even happens that's remotely funny or scary or interesting. It is the blandest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it's it's very it's very bad. There's a lot of things I'd watch again before I watch Jin again. There but you go. this isn't Jin. This is people exploding, and this is like. I mean, I guess I don't want to spoil a ton, but it's like a superhero origin story with like an actual like yeah Mojo Jojo on the other side, like fighting against him, and like I don't know, kind of like doing a trying to make like an X Men mutant baby kind of thing. Yeah, there's like an X Men thing. There's almost like a Hancock thing. Remember that movie? There's kind of parts of it that kind of are kind of like that. There's it's it definitely I think set the stage for a lot of other movies to pull from. So Hancock, you mean in the way that like Brad Dorf is like kind of a superhero, but kind of an antihero, but kind of a piece of shit, but calls also is just like spiraling that. And then also just the fact that like he has this female counterpart, you know, and Hancock, the whole thing is that like oh, they're, yeah. the, they're the same whatever. And like they've been but fighting he doesn't for know yet. <laughs> but yeah, and this one he doesn't know yet. Like, no, but wasn't that Hancock, too? Didn't he not know for a while? Well, he like forgot. He forgot. Like oh he, yeah, that's true. That's true. It was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, like yeah. remembers at the ends, like oh yeah, we're like supposed to be together, or whatever. But yeah, like we have that a little bit in this movie because we'll get introduced to you know uh, a character down the road that also does have powers. So yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, well, let's just put it like real cut and dry. Brad Dorf is the Human Torch, the Human Torch with a healthy uh, dose of Firestorm from DC because like Firestorm's powers are all about like atomic particles and fucking nuclear fission and like all that shit yeah yeah yeah. i would also say for some reason the reanimator is sprinkled into this movie too and it really shouldn't yep. be like that's the one thing that doesn't <laughs> like in a, in a movie where nothing should fit because nothing makes sense that it, it like really stands out as something that just does not fit yeah but well, i also have no issue with it <laughs> yes yes i i agree with everything you just said uh going back to brad dorf saying that he doesn't seem very happy with the way that this movie turned out one of his statements was they with all the footage that we shot they could have made three different movies and the movie they decided to make i didn't like we both feel that they did make those three different movies they just put them all in one and it's the reanimator-ish parts that just seem like why but okay that's fine (laughs) yeah like it's like a love story it's a superhero origin story and then 
it's reanimator <laughs> like i really don't know like but then it's also kind of truman show like it's it's there's, a lot, of, there's a lot going on <laughs> yeah yeah i that's the first my first note for this entire thing we open up to the ink spot singing i don't want to set the world on fire it's how the movie opens up which is a song that's used many times throughout the fallout series and as we see the general setup for this i'm like Whoever wrote the first Fallout game clearly watched this movie. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, because it's not even just the music or anything. They're doing a black and white. They're doing, like, the bombshell. They're like, oh, this is the nuclear... And they're doing the... Oh, and this is the US of A's first nuclear family. Like, they're doing that whole thing. And it's just like, okay. Like, I'm not even familiar with the Fallout series. I didn't really play it. But I feel like everyone in the world knows that part of Fallout. So, like, when you text me that, I I hadn't watched the... Or I hadn't started yet, and I didn't remember that part. Because I think I watched this back in, like, July or something. Um, And I started it, and I was like, okay, well, I'm probably not going to know what he's talking about. Because I really (laughs) didn't play Fallout. And the second it got to that, I was like... Oh, okay. This is I'm watching Fallout right now. I'm watching like a commercial for like a new Fallout game coming out. Yeah. Well, here's the general setup for Fallout. There are these things called vaults, which are these giant houses essentially buried under the ground, and they sell them to rich. They sell spots in these houses to rich white people, so that whenever nuclear war happens, you can go down into this hole and like you'll you'll survive the bombs. That's literally what they're building in this movie. They're running all these tests. They have these two, like, young, maybe teenage, late teens, early 20s, uh, man and woman who they're going to stick down in this bunker for an undisclosed amount of time. They're going to give them this medicine that makes them not get radiation poisoning. They're going to create a nuclear explosion above the ground while they're down there. Like, they actually do all this shit. Yeah, and really the only difference between this and follow is that they're just doing it to two specific people and it's like just full-on a government experiment yep and and the idea was for them to be able to prove that this was possible so that they can then sell it (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty interesting and i guess that kind of explains like a good amount of the questions i like wrote down in the beginning of the movie because like you know i always just write down stuff and i'm like all right they're either going to be answered in a few minutes or i'm going to be really confused later and i'm just going to have to ask them to whoever i'm talking to (laughs) or whatever and uh I think we got got through both of through most of that because in the beginning, like I said, it's reanimator. You're really confused. You're confused about a lot of things. Like when when I was first watching it, it, it was just really confusing. I was like, all right, it's hard to tell what's happening. There's a couple. What's happening? Are they going into space? Are they in a clown house? Are they in a bomb squad? Or why are they injecting themselves with giant needles? It's really hard to follow. It really is a hard movie to follow. You have to literally focus in and try to follow the story beats or you're just gonna get lost along the way it's like it's like one of those blind date kind of movies you know like no one except for Devonte can follow it unless you're paying really close attention it's just it's just so outlet but honestly this movie reminded me a lot of blind date it's very similar well, because Brad, even though he's not like really investigating, it, he he thinks he's investigating himself, and then kind of Lisa, I guess. But all he really right. does is just yell out, "How do you know Lou?" The whole movie. <laughs> Which, if you're not paying attention, you're asking the same. You're who the fuck is Lou? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, okay. Well, we do kind of know who Lou is, but what we know Lou as is just some old man on a fucking respirator. Yeah, that's all we know. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he he's like he's kind of like Mojo Jojo, I guess, a little bit, but he's also like involved with the government like higher ups. I don't think Mojo Jojo was smart enough to be involved with anyone like that. But. Uh, he's he's Mr. House in Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, but he kind of looks like Hugh Hefner, so it confuses me. Yeah, for sure. 
but you know that that's fine. He's uh, we'll, we'll talk more about him. But okay, so they put they put these these two teenagers or young late early twenties or something. These two younger people into this vault thing, and they're doing these experiments. And then the one big thing happens that no one expected to happen. They they get to fucking like. <laughs> Yeah, that, okay, yeah, for a second I thought you were talking about something else, and I was like, it's still, like, they all expect it, but yeah, they're so perplexed that they put two 20-year-olds alone in a hole for, like, a undefined amount of time, and they fucked, like, did you, you didn't give them condoms or something, or, like, what, like, did you not, were you not like, oh, well, maybe we should give them some protect, or, like, maybe, like, hey, let's put her on birth control before this or something like you're a high class like not a high class you're a like high high dollar tech, yeah like high expense government facility doing all these projects and you didn't think of birth control you're you're the fucking united states government and you made a whoopsie baby <laughs> like what the are you fuck? kidding me and the conversation after is so ridiculous too because they all have a meeting about it. they're like well she's pregnant what are we gonna do and then one guy's like what do you mean, like, uh, abortion? And then he's like, well, they... no, never that. And I'm not I'm... sure how I would feel about that one. That's <laughs> what like... one of the guys says. And I'm like, dude, I, like, I agree you can't force a woman to get an abortion, but, like, just in the in the context of you're the government and you're already doing all this shit and abortion is where you draw the line, like, I was like, that doesn't Even seem very Even more so, government. they're having this whole conversation without either of the parents in the room, like, whatever they're going to decide, they're going to force on them anyway. <laughs> and further to that, you almost blew them up like five minutes ago. <laughs> Blow them up. Who cares? Abortion? Never. So what happens is we get a little baby born. And he's born. Got a little baby. He's born on the anniversary of the day Dude, don't, that no, we dropped please, an atomic please bomb. Please stop. I didn't want to relive that statement because that might have been the most... I know I always, and I know I know I always say this is the most absurd thing, but oh my god. And the way they say it too, like, they dismiss it so fast. <laughs> like, so fast. Just, he's like, oh yeah, you know, fucking uh, August 6th, Hiroshima, you know, <laughs> crazy, huh? Yeah, and I mean, this is this is skipping a lot, but whenever we flash forward to what that baby is doing in modern day... Uh, his birthday is again on a very special day of the opening of a nuclear reactor power plant in his oh, city. Yeah. It's like, why is this always happening on August 6th? Yeah, that's kind of really weird. Um, that's what makes it comic booky, though. It's almost like Superman or, or some shit. Like, yeah, it's just a superhero origin story. And then also, like, we kind of, when the baby first uh, gets bornt, you know, <laughs> the baby first gets bornt. They kind of look at it, too, and they're like, oh, look, it's not deformed. But they're like, wait a second. He has pretty high temperatures, though, and a birthmark on his hand. And the birthmark just looks like an infected cigarette burn or cigar <laughs> burn, actually. It's fucking disgusting. I couldn't tell if it was, like, indented like a burn or if it was, like, convex like a mole for the longest time. I'm like, is it supposed to be, like, a big mole? I can tell you exactly what it was. It was a dehydrated grape that they just glued to his hand for this for the fucking movie shoe until they put like a giant ringworm on him later in the movie. Yeah, it's definitely a ringworm at the end. 
is so fucking like if that's your just it's like it's like the Buffy movie when they were like all hunters have a mole. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that's so true. I don't know the purpose of this birthmark or why it actually matters. That's not discussed whatsoever. The only purpose of it is so that the one doctor later could be like, "Hey, do you smoke? Looks like you got a cigarette burn on your hand." And then he gets really pissed about him suggesting that he's a smoker no and i get it too and i've talked about this before i have a deviated septum like a really bad deviated septum and the one time when i went to the doctors for like ear issues he was like looking at like my nasal shit and he was like oh so you do coke huh and i was like no and he was like don't lie to me be honest and i was like i am and he was like come on bring it out and he asked me like five times in a row and i was like I'm literally leaving this office right now. I did the same thing Brad Dorf did. I fucking left. I was like, fuck you. You're not helping me at all. You're just fucking calling me a drug addict and then fucking laughing at me. <laughs> and I was like, it'd be one thing if I was a drug addict, but I'm not. <laughs> like, dude, I just, I, I get it because it's fucking annoying when doctors are just like, all right, you're lying. It's like, no, dude, I'm here because I'm fucking trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Why do I lie to you? I don't fucking care about you, you old fuck. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I yeah, I get it. It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> what happens what happens to the baby? No, it's not exactly what happens. Well, yeah, the baby does get set on fire a little bit and then they all kind of just move on from that. I mean, it's kind of just undisclosed. This is a baby fire, a quick little baby fire. Oh, and what happens what happens to its parents? Well, the parents, that's a little more uh, uh, disclosed, uh, I guess, to some people. Um, what happens to the parents is that uh, it it's not a, just a little a little baby fire. It's uh, they're destroyed, like they they're gone. They're disintegrated. <laughs> M- mommy, daddy, explosion. It's the reason I picked this movie. Actually, there was this scene right here. Yeah, uh, there was. This was immediately when I decided. I am covering this. It's great. Basically, they're hanging out with a little baby. They're like, ah, Brad Dorf, look at you, so cute, tra-la-la. And then, like, they're like, on, I think it's Nina. It might have been Nina that came in the room. Or maybe it was just some doctor. I'm not really sure. It doesn't matter right, th- right then. Oh, there. no, I think you're right. I think it is Nina. Yeah, that might have been Nina. So that could have been the you'll shoot your eye out kid that just walked in. And then she's like, oh, look, Brad Dorf, little baby, tra-la-la-la-la. And then she walks out. She's like, all right, I'll see you guys in a minute, tra-la-la-la. <laughs> All of a sudden, the parents just start engulfed in flames. Like, it's not even just engulfed in flames. There's, like, fireworks going off in the room. They're blowing up. Like, have you ever seen the Frankenhooker explosion scene? Yep, that's exactly what I thought of. Yeah, they all just start blowing up in the hotel room. That is what happens, except to these two people right here. But there is a lot more actual fire. <laughs> and then Dr. Doctor Eyepatch comes in, and he just knows everything about it. And he's like, this, 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 and this, and... Uh, humans are uh, the most highly volatile combustion engine known to man. He, he basically just says that we're all cars, and that we can just blow at any moment, like a like a car or a radio. Which, if you've ever listened to like people that talk about actual spontaneous combustion, that's basically <laughs> what it sounds like they're saying actually happens. They're like, yeah, you never know, you know, you just blow up. It's a it's a very small chance, but when it happens, it happens. And I will say some of the few like uh, like spontaneous combustion things I've looked into, like I guess the fires do look kind of weird, but I don't know. I, I guess I'm a little more on the skeptic side, and I'm equating it to weird fire circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty se- skeptical. Almost all of them have some sort of fire origin somewhere, whether it's a fireplace that was burning out or a, a cigarette or something. There's always something. Like there was this one guy who was like, well, 
My mom was a really heavy smoker, and she's actually fallen asleep with cigarettes before, and she's burned herself before, but only, like, two inches big or something. I'm like, two inches on a cigarette burn? What the fuck are you even talking about? Two inches on a cigarette? That Do you know how big that is, if that's a burn from a cigarette? Like, she's that's, that's very obviously intense. prone to, like, letting her cigarettes burn around. He was like, yeah, she was a drunk. She wouldn't notice her cigarette, but I don't think that she'd burn with her cigarettes. But, like, she, it was, like, her in her chair, like next to like her lighter and her cigarettes and stuff and like it yeah. looked like i mean the burn was crazy and she, like her bones were burned and everything and that's wild but i'm like i i still feel like the the probability is still too low that she just blew up uh yeah speaking of bones remember when dr eyepatch just like pulls that guy's skull <laughs> out out of out of the pile of ash yeah um that was weird. <laughs> it was. Why is he doing that? Why did he do that? Why did he grab the skull and he pulls it up? He holds it up and it's like fucking Shakespeare. Like, alas, poor your. Yes. He holds it up and he goes, spontaneous human combustion. <laughs> There's so many times where they just throw that out. Like, it's not the most absurd term in the world. Like, I love it. I think it's hilarious. But I'm like, you can't just act like that isn't ridiculous what you're saying. I love it. By the end, they don't even say it anymore. They're just saying uh, what? Oh, that's uh, CHB. <laughs> or, or chc or uh shc shc they're just it's just like shorthand like oh yeah shc the doy like it's not even by the end it's by like the 20 minute mark when lisa like walks into like the hotel and she's just like oh did you hear yeah. it like she was like uh the this doctor dude that we both know uh blew up they're calling it uh spontaneous human combustion ch or chc like it's how so you, hard to remember dude, how how do you even, that's like i don't know why it's a tongue twister but it's so hard to say and the fact that they're just doing that casually is so ridiculous just dropping it it cracks me up it's actually easier to say spontaneous human combustion <laughs> than it is to say the fucking abbreviation so i don't get that it really is. It really is. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So I want to go back for a quick second because, like, while they're looking at the deathbed and stuff, and I think it might be Nina there or maybe just some random chick, or maybe it was even Lisa. I don't fuck. I have no, she was, she had to have been a baby at the time. Never mind. I don't know who it is there, but there's some chick there and they're just like, you should have known this could have happened. And then one guy's like, well, we don't, but we need to find out how to replicate it. And she's like, ah! And just kind of runs off and like scurries into the corner. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm assuming that's Nina. And then she just listens to the rest of the conversation, and the government does not care. They're just like letting her listen to everything in the corner while they're like plotting the entire thing. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so whatever. We fast forward a lot. Big fast forward. Big time jump. It's an undetermined amount of time though, because I don't fucking know how old Brad Dorf is supposed to be. And the plot, and like, if you go on IMDb, they call him a young man. And Brad Dorf looks and actually is 40 in real life at the time of this movie. Yeah, it's very confusing. He is acting in what I assumed was a high school play. The way he is talking, he's almost using a baby voice. Yeah. Like, he is trying to sound like he is 22 years younger than he is. He is trying to sound like... He's like, oh, I swear to God, a few times he was like, oh, well, Billy G, shucks, guys, like, what am I going to do? 
Yeah, so I'm sitting here trying to figure out, like, what's going on? How old is he now? Is he in high school? Is he in college? Is he not a student? Is he a teacher? Is he dating a student? And I don't, that's the weirdest fucking know. thing. He he is a teacher. And that, that actually, while it makes the most sense, like, for his age, it makes the least sense in the character he's playing and in the yeah. terms of the movie. So by the time that we actually, like, can, can confirm that he is a college teacher, it's like, no, he's not. What are you talking about? He's been talking like a baby for the past hour. I did wonder, once we found out that he is a teacher, I was like, what is he like in class, like, as a professor? Like, what if that... What if that was one of the big changes that, like, the production, like, made to it? They were like, oh, wait, actually, he's, like, they told him in the beginning he was supposed to be a high schooler, so he's doing that. And then toward the end, they're like, wait, actually, you're a college professor. And he's like, actually, no, what? you're 40. <laughs> yeah, like, you're actually your age. And he's like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and they just left the rest in. They didn't reshoot anything. That's the best explanation because it's so strange. The whole movie, because we never see him do his job. No, never. Literally, like, it, it is so irrelevant, the fact that he's ever even at a campus. He never had to even have a job in this. Like, the fact that he has a job to begin with is neither here nor there. It does not matter. Uh, so I'm spending the whole time just thinking, like, what's this guy like in class? Like, I can't even... He seems like he can't even function as a human being. Like, he needs a caretaker. Yes. But he's a fucking professor? Yeah, and of what? Of what? What does he teach? What could he what does he even know? What could he possibly be teaching? Yeah, it is it's easily the most confusing like trivial bullshit that we didn't even need to begin with, but it's like <laughs> very much there and very apparent. Um but yeah, that's fine. Anyway, we're going to meet his girlfriend who's he's kind of a dick to her. Like he's we, that's kind of our first uh uh view of him. Yeah, I think in general it, you definitely are left wondering like why is Lisa with this guy? Yeah, and I mean, it makes sense later. Uh, yeah, I didn't we figure out later. I didn't expect any of that, actually. No. But, you know, pretty good twist, I guess. You know, M. Night Shyamalan, you know, that's good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so he also has an ex-wife who is, like, very uh, Paris Hilton, and then she's dating, like, a very, like, rich man, and he doesn't seem to like him. He kind of has, like, some uh, words with him, but that's not the important part of it. We're not even going to focus on them that much. I don't even... The only reason they're there is because Lou is involved. This is another one of those moments, though, that I do feel the need to say. He So he goes, he bails on this play with his new girlfriend or whatever. He goes to this, like, lunch meeting with his ex-wife. Also, why? What was the point why? of it? No one knows. We are never told why he's meeting her. He He showed up for her to say... I'm leaving, and him to say, what, I'm on time, and her to say, all right, pay my bill, say hi to For my grandpa, For her to say, I, I already ate, you're stuck with the check, bye. Like, why did you go there in the first place? And he was literally, like, the way that they were presenting it, he was like, oh, we have to talk about something important. Nothing right. is said. Nope. <laughs> I thought they were, like, working out shit with, like, lawyers yes. and, like, divorce attorneys. Like, that's what I assumed was going to happen. Yep. That's not what happens at all. It's the furthest of what happens. It's like it's like he was it's like she was like, "Hey, let's get lunch." And he's like, "Cool." And then he shows up and she's like, "I already ate. You're paying. Bye." <laughs> what? Why why is this in the movie? And also the the funniest thing ever happens because there's some guy that's like that comes by the restaurant guy. He's like, "Hey, buddy, you got to come pay your check." And then he comes in and he's like, "Hey, that chick is over $50 and that's a fel felony, pal. You know what I mean?" They give him so much shit. 
for just walking her back out to the car before he paid his bill when he didn't even order anything. He didn't even order anything. Yeah. Like, what the... F- and it wasn't even just one person giving him a hard time. Like, three different people walked by him and just left, like, some smart Alec, like, little little remark. Like, damn, that is... I would not go to that restaurant. Sorry. Yeah, no, it just it was very pretentious, but, you know, that's fine. Uh, anything else about that meeting? Uh, that's also when we find out about the scientist lady who uh, also died in a fire. Also, just very confusing to me. I didn't know who she was at the time. I didn't know who she represented, who she even was to them. It just drops a little hint that he had an argument with her and was upset with her, and Mm. then she blew up. And so he's, like, it's kind of setting up the fact that, like, his emotions left unchecked may cause people harm. I'm not even going to lie. I don't even remember him having an argument with her. We didn't see it. He just says, he just, he tells his ex-wife about it. Oh, yeah, I remember that. He was like, oh, I could kill her, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yep. Okay, I thought that was more of a joke because it seemed like, well, would you say, like, I could kill her when <laughs> someone actually dies? I just thought he was actually making some kind of, like, just out-of-pocket joke. No, he was, like, he was doing it from a, a place of, like, oh, man, like, I had beef with this person. Okay. And I didn't get to, like, apologize before they died. Like, this gotcha. sucks. It's He's gotcha. kind of doing it from that angle. Okay, well, he goes out and he sees Lou, Mr. Grandpa guy, the grandpa of his ex-wife, or the dad of his ex-wife, something like that. Grandpa. Yep. Grandpa. Something of the sort. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, they also say that that one uh, scientist chick was a uh, a subject of smoking in bed. Yeah. And I feel like that had to have been a nod to just all the stories. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, but yeah. And th- those are also things that we're counting as kills in this, too, because just anyone that blows up in this. Yeah, I counted that one. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, usually, like, when I don't see stuff, I don't always count them, but I was like, this is a different kind of scenario. Like, they're blowing up, you're going to the count. Yep. So, yeah, when those uh, guys are, like, giving him shit in the restaurant, this causes Brad to have some kind of, like, static reaction. Like, literally, so... Yeah, he has a little little flare-up. Quote, quote, flare-up. Yeah, so he has to leave, and he goes to the doctors, and then that's when he has, like, you know, that little conversation with the guy is being addicted to him and then he has like a not so subtle saddle uh, a static reaction where like basically his hand blows up in his hand <laughs> but we're supposed to just move past that <laughs> yep the doctor's just like go home for the day and it was literally like cheesy blue lightning it was awesome <laughs> so as brad is walking home he comes across some radio show that kind of sounds like a like QAnon 24-hour station no it's like a, it's like a radio psychic yeah, QAnon twenty four hour station. I just said no, what I, I said. I don't think they even believe in psychics. They're they're psychics is too is is even is even too believable for them. No, but it, like doesn't even sound like psychic stuff because she's talking about spontaneous combustion and like if it if it wasn't if you weren't hearing this under the pretense of being an audience member watching a spontaneous <laughs> combustion movie, you'd be like. Oh, yeah, it's, like, the same thing as that's people true. talking about cell phone towers, like, yeah, invading your brains and shit. Yeah, you, you got me there. That's true. So she's just doing that, and we're kind of, like, we're kind of just listening to them set up the entire movie, but on the radio station. Yeah, it's given us a ton of uh, just expositional dialogue. Uh, when he gets home, though, this was a weird part that I don't know why is in the movie. He, like, lights the fireplace, and then he, like, has a vision yeah, he has a vision of his parents dying. But what's weird, what I think is weird about that is like a lot of times when you have something like that, unless we're introducing, you know, 
like maybe the psychic is real. I guess. I guess the psychic is real. We don't. No, really the talk psychic about that. is real, dude. When he's on the phone, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna attempt to reach the spirit." Uh, oh wait, maybe I can't. She's been reincarnated, or maybe she's in a different dimension. And he's explaining exactly <laughs> where she is. And then later, he actually starts talking to like his mom and like gives You're out right. actual details and like yeah, like the- is this a Toby Hooper thing? Uh, because we have yeah, the psychic yeah, lady mean, and poltergeist too. Yeah, the like, poltergeist who you Jin. assume is probably full of shit, but then she actually is a real psychic. He does like psychic stuff. I mean, like, yeah. You know what's weird too? Like, I almost thought that like his partner on uh, Texas Chainsaw. I'm blanking his name right now, but one of the other writers on Texas Chainsaw, he's like really big into like, you know, just all that psychic stuff and sp- that kind of like new age like mysticism kind of thing. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and like. That That's and cool. he was involved in. I think it was the third Texas Chainsaw sequel that kind of has some of that. Uh, okay. So I always thought that it might have just been him, but now I'm thinking about it. I guess it was probably they probably bonded over that. Toby Hooper was probably just fucking yeah. with all that too, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm kind of into this as well." Yeah, I think that shit's cool. I don't know enough about it to actually have a conversation, but it's it's interesting. Is this also proving that Toby Hooper did direct Poltergeist? Yeah, I mean, like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why else is that character there? Or, or maybe it's not. Or maybe it's just Toby Hooper trying to prove that he did, so he just keeps doing spiritual, like supernatural shit after. So he's like, "Yeah, I did Poltergeist, guys." Like he's trying to reiterate it. <laughs> well, because like his little vision he has of his parents, uh, Sam, the, 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 it confused me a little bit because like the images that he sees. Yeah, you're good. Uh, don't call him Sam. Just call him Brad Dorif, because that's all I'm. That's I. I didn't write Sam down a single time in my notes, so I feel like if we start calling him Sam, we're okay. gonna confuse people. Because all I'm gonna call him is Brad or Brad Dorif. So Brad Dorif has that vision, and the thing that I'm just a little confused about is like the things that he's seeing. He could have never seen before. So it's not yeah. like repressed memories from being a baby and like him looking up at his mother. Like he's seeing them from angles that he. It's supernatural. You're right. No, it's not super. It's a superhero origin story. He's a fucking X Men dude. What are you talking about? He, <laughs> he is, is an X Men. To- he's he's a he is a mutant. One hundred percent. He just has powers and he reacts to fire. So he's near the fire and he's like, "Oh my god, my parents died by fire. We're linked." And now he sees everything. It makes perfect sense to me, honestly. <laughs> I mean, right after that, he goes to Lisa's house. Right? Do you have anything before that? I do have a few things because there is like just that one time where he's talking about the doctor too, and just sorry to go back to the doctor again. But there's he, when he's talking to the doctor, he's like, "Hey, why are you a hundred degrees?" He's like, "Huh, I've always been. That's how I got out of school. I was always sick." And then I'm like, "Wait a second. If you're literally fire, you're only a hundred. Like the human body is like what, like ninety eight point five or something degrees, or like ninety eight point six or something. Like, well, I don't think he's literally fire all the time. No, I know, but I'm like, you have fire in your body and the ability. He's like, just you're, slightly hot. No, but. James, sh- listen to me. Look, there's this thing where in the beginning they've been fucking hinting at the fact that like, oh, he has a higher body temperature. He has this and that. And I'm like, yeah. okay, so he's higher by 1.4. Yeah. If they're going to, I'm just saying, they're going to do this fucking he's a hot person lore. And they're just like, yeah, you're slightly warm. Like he doesn't even like not even 101. Well, they don't want it to because it has to be something that they can write off. If he's a hundred, if you if you have a temperature of a hundred and four, it's like get to the hospital before you die. And so if he had that his whole life, he'd constantly have people rushing him to the hospital. Well, after a while, then they'd just be like, "All right, well, you got some weird shit." After a while, yeah. I don't. know. You know, maybe it's just okay. Maybe it doesn't matter. Well, he also keeps creaming his finger. Wait, what? He keeps putting burn cream on his finger, like when he slightly oh, burns it when he touches shit, something. That's right. There's like three different scenes of him just putting burn cream on his finger, and I was like. Uh, that's a lot of burn cream. 
Yeah, it seems like something that shouldn't bother you so much, right? I mean, probably, but I mean, you know, whatever, whatever. SHC, baby! SHC! SHC! And then also around this time, okay, so we're back at the apartment, and it's like Lisa and uh, fucking uh, Brad. We already talked about a few things that happened here, so I'll skip some of it, but Lisa does get flowers from Lou, the grandpa, and then, like, that's just something you gotta throw out there, because this is the first instance where Brad is like, how do you know Lou? Lou? Who's Lou who? How do and you the, know Lou? And then this is when the girlfriend calls the radio psychic guy because she's like, all right, I got just the guy. Fucking Mr. Peoples or whatever. Dude, also, Lisa's apartment is fucking amazing. Oh, it's gorgeous. And her phone is kind of ridiculous. She has like, you know, when you have like those uh, clear, like translucent, like controllers back in the day that had lights on them. Yeah, dude. She's got this clear phone with like neon pink lights in it. Her radio is also translucent and it glows like blue and shit. Like, her house is like what I want to live in today. Yeah, what does she do? Well, she's a professor, but like I guess she's what? a teacher. How does she have this badass apartment? Yeah, Lou that probably kinda... pays for everything. That does make yeah, he, Lou probably does pay for everything. That's what I would expect. But anyway, yeah. they call the psychic guy, and then uh, you know he seems to be in contact with Brad Dorf's mom from beyond the, beyond the grave. And the radio guy is also like in the middle of like he's revealing the craziest shit, like saying gi- giving off all this information in the world, and he's like, oh wait. Five o'clock, gotta go. <laughs> like, just day job is over. Yep, it's done. And then um, Brad's kind of getting pissed because he's, like, actively turning into, like, a human ball of fire, like, while this is happening. So he gets on the phone with the radio assistant, which is John Landis, who's basically just like, yeah, dude, fuck off. It's like, show's over. You can call back tomorrow. <laughs> and then Brad Dorff's energy didn't really like that, so uh, he made him breathe fire out of his mouth through the phone line. Yeah, explodes him through the phone. It's fucking sick. Yeah, he does that multiple times where he just, like, sends fire energy through a phone line and then just blows people up. Yeah, it's way cooler the next time. Yeah, I feel like it just kind of, they step it up every time someone explodes, do, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah, the radio guy kind of just fucks him off until, uh you know, next week between the hours of 9 to 5. And then Brad Dorff, uh continued uh, explosion and bleeding profusely out of his arm until they finally put out the fire. Yeah, it's looking pretty gnarly. Yeah, and, and it looks like it's not even as cool as like it sounds when I'm explaining this. Like it looks really cool. Is is this whenever his uh his birthmark grows too? Does that happen right here? I think so. It kind of just continuously grows throughout the movie. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, now Brad Dorf starts freaking out while they're heading over to the hospital in the car, and he's like, "Wait, Lisa, I love you. I love you, Lisa." And then uh, that almost causes him to blow up again. Yeah, he does this whole like emo sob story shit on the way to the hospital. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, it's pretty wack, but, you know, it's it's fine. And then he's like, I've always been alone. And then Lisa's like, it's okay, Sam. My parents blew up, too. And then Brad's like, what? That's crazy. My parents drowned. They he's didn't like, blow my up. my parents didn't blow up. And then how funny is that that they were just like, all right, what's the exact opposite of fire? Right, exactly. <laughs> we can't have him figure out that his parents actually blew up, because then he might know that he's a radioactive man. So what did his parents do? Got it. They drowned. Like, dude, just say they died in a fire. Like, it's, it's there's no link to no died one in the, the fire, world would ever car be like... accident. Fucking a uh, murderer broke in and shot them in the face. Like, why do you have to do this comic book bullshit? Oh no, it was a fire. It was water. Watch out for water, big guy. No, the easiest one is literally just fire, because why would you leave any discrepancies? Because then he just finds out, he's like, oh yeah, they did die from fire. Then he doesn't question, why would you ever change that? I don't know. I don't know. There's not a single person in the world that would ever question that. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god. So then she's like, yeah, Lou told me. And he's and she's like, and then uh, he made me work at the school so we would meet and fall in love. And then Brad's like, why did you do that? Yeah, it drops all this Truman Show shit pretty quick. You're like, oh, fuck. Lou's been, because Lou is his ex-wife's grandfather. So he probably made his granddaughter get with Brad. And then their relationship didn't work out or whatever. So then he had to go find this other chick and like, hey, I need you to hook up with this guy. Like. Yeah, and then now fire shooting out of Brad Dorf's dick. That's how it happens sometimes, man. I mean, you know, sometimes life just be happening right in front of you. Also, yep. when they stop the car and take him out, he is, like, smoking like Chicago. <laughs> like, they open the door, and it's, like, a hot box car. I love that that's just become your go-to explanation for anything foggy or smoky. Yeah, it, I mean, like, do you have a better one? I mean, London is known as foggy London town, but no, it's fine. Ah, well, moving on. So they get him to the doctors, and the doctor starts checking him out with, like, their little green fucking snorkeling goggles from the dollar store. Like, that was going to protect him from anything? <laughs> like, I, you caught that, right? Oh, I saw that. It looks ridiculous. They, he is wearing snorkeling goggles, and he's not laughing. No, no, it's dead serious. It's going to protect him from Fireman. And the doctor also immediately gets serious when he pulls out his pink folder and he starts, like, calling people instead of studying the homeopathic uh, migraine pills that were given to him. And then also, yeah. like, why is he just... He should know there's a mirror there, and why is he just putting a folder on his desk, opening it, not looking at it at all, and then just, like, turning the other way? <laughs> like, he's doing that thing where he's just like, oh, look at this. Oh, you've seen my plans. <laughs> Like, what the fuck, dude? Oh, my God. So then they kind of, they take Lisa out of the room, and then they start asking her questions, and she freaks out. And then in the other room, Brad is just, he's still just trying to call doctor persons because this psychic guy is just, like, the answer to everything, apparently. Yeah, I mean, honestly, right now, <laughs> we are exactly one hour in to the movie. The movie's only, like, an hour and 36 minutes, I think. That's kind of crazy, too, because when I got to this part, I thought I was only five minutes into the movie. It goes by I know. fast. It goes by so fast. You would really think that a movie like this would drag. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. You have so many explosions just keeping you on the edge of your seat that it is like, it is like a roller coaster. <laughs> it's this weird thing. The pacing has just done so well because I feel like we haven't been talking a lot just now about the events that we've seen but when you're watching it it feels like so much has happened already i would actually say this is like one of the better paced movies i've maybe ever seen maybe for ever. some reason <laughs> for some reason like it's weird like not even talking about the plot or anything else but just getting through it and just watching it like it just kind of goes flows we've had we've had so many great explosions so many great reveals like story-wise like the mysteries unraveling and like lou and his this mastermind and all this shit we've had all of that to the point where i have no idea what the next 36 minutes are going to be. Like, where do we go from here? Like, they're actually, like, there's twists and turns that could be solved, but then there's also things that you have, n you just don't know. Like, there's so many left turns in this. I I'm left, I at this moment, like, I, I took a break, because I, like, paused it, and I was like, I'm just sitting here wondering, like, what is this movie about? Because was it just about him finding out? Because that already happened. Is it about him getting revenge? Because, I mean, I can see that. That's an angle we could go with. Is it about him, like, becoming a superhero? Because I feel like that's an option as well now. Like, there's just so many places we can go. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely definitely leaves a lot of questions. It's cool. It's cool. 
And then around this time, this is when the reanimator is just in the other room, like, full-on, just, like, filling up green syringes. We got so much fucking, uh, what's that, that shit called? Glow stick fluid? We got so much glow stick fluid everywhere. And the fucking idiot, like, he's in the other room doing this, and there's another room in between them with all the files and everything, and he just leaves the door wide open, like, not locked or anything, all the confidential files just laying there. Yeah, and we also flash back to uh, the other doctor, Dr. What's his name? Marsh or whatever, the old doctor, not yeah, the animator doctor, the old one. Yeah, we go back to him and Lisa, and he's like giving her shit and being like, oh, you're just uh, being hysterical and da 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 da. Whenever she just saw her boyfriend exploding, like fire shooting from his hands. Yeah, like even though he has another angle, like read the room because she is, like, in no sense of the word, would anyone be hysterical? She is she is certainly not overreacting. Like yeah. <laughs> check yourself. Yeah. Exactly. If anything, she might be underreacting. Like I think I would just be a sobbing mess on the floor if I saw my partner just start shooting flames out of their body. No, you're right. I would say she's reacting very well given the circumstances. <laughs> that God that just damn. pissed me off whenever he was like, You're being hysterical. And then back in the other room, the other doctor, the reanimator, comes in the room uh, and he's like, I'm gonna give you an injection. But he does nothing to back it up. Like, he he is not strong. He does not know how to fight. He does not have anything that, like, he doesn't have, like, another little thing to, like, stun Brad Dorf. He just tries to walk over and just thinks that Brad Dorf is going to nicely let him give him that injection. I mean, this is another moment where I was just like, oh, did I miss something? Like, does Brad also get super strength from his firepowers? Like, he just overpowers this man like he's nothing. Look, I don't think it's that he gets super strength. I think it's just that that doctor's an old fuck. You're probably right. Dude, he's old and he's weak. Like, he just had full confidence that he could overpower Brad Dorf. But, like, even though Brad Dorf is fucking 40 years old in this, that guy's 55. It's like the doctor doesn't even try. He just gets overpowered and uh, that we know what happens next, right? Yeah, he doesn't do it. He just walks over. Brad Dorf grabs his hand and then just grabs the needle and sticks it in him. It was like, all right. Gotcha, boy. He beats his ass and then he shoots fire at his face and kills him. Pretty awesome. And after that, Dorf heads over to Nina's house. Uh, like I said, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. And she's like, yeah, you're, so your name was changed after your parents died. Your name's David. And then she's like, here's some of your stuff. And then she's like, here's a reel of your parents. They kind of just have a bonding moment and whatnot. And then he's like, all right, I got to go. And then his, bir- his birthmark is full ringworm at this point, by the way. Side note. Yeah, it's huge. And apparently uh, everything goes back to Lou. This is when like we fully find it out like because she kind of confirms it. And Brad Dorf should know it at this point, but we'll find out soon that he still doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, but, you know. Uh, Lou Lou isn't only the bad guy. He's also been orchestrating, essentially, your entire fucking life. Yeah, he's, like, the owner of, like, an atomic bomb exploding plant or something like that. And, like, he's, like, his dad who, like, raised him and, like, did the whole government experiments and, like, birthed him, basically. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, if in Spider-Man, Doc Ock created the radioactive spider on purpose. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit in tune with that. He's just pulling all the strings, basically. Yep. He also reveals that he raised Sam and Lisa. Or no, yeah. he doesn't. Lisa does. But I don't... They're this... Aren't they supposed to be, like, the same age or, like-ish or something? Like, she's, definite, she's definitely younger. But how much younger? Maybe, like, a year or two, maybe? Right. I mean, really, it's there to prove that after uh, the first experiment... This guy, whether he was doing it with the government's knowledge or not, kept going and doing more of them. So actually, for all we know, it's not even just Lisa. There might be a bunch of other radioactive babies out there. 
Okay, how does that not conflict, though? How did how did Sam Brad Dorf never see Lisa? He, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that they had to, like, live together or anything. He didn't, he, he was, quote-unquote, raised by Lou starting at 13. Okay. So that could have been after she was born, obviously, because he's probably not 13 years older than her. And then he didn't, she didn't necessarily need to live with Lou, right? I kind of got the vibe that they both lived with Lou. Like they lived like like they fully were raised by him, like lived with him. I don't think so. If they did, it could have just been at like different times. Maybe he raised her when she was a little bit younger, and then he like found a family for her or whatever and made that shit work out, and then he took in uh Brad whenever he was thirteen. Alright, well that's pretty elaborate, but I'm not gonna question it. It's fine, we're moving on. So right when Brad That's because leaves... this is the puppet master, man. Mm. He he controls everything, bro. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, anyway, when Brad leaves Nina's house, the government shows up and sprays her with death gas. Oh, wait, she didn't blow up. She got death gassed. I was getting ready to say, I think Nina did not blow up. Yeah, she just got, I don't I don't know what the hell that was, because he just shows up and, like, just, like, exterminator stuff and just sprays her with some gas, and he's like, shh, close your eyes, you're dead now. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up, actually. <laughs> like, wait, they just, like, that's, okay, can I say it? Like, that's kind of, like, Holocaust-y, right? Yeah, and I mean, there's... I don't know of any other death gas. Yeah, and I mean, the fucking doctor fucking eye patch from earlier was sounded real fucking German. All right, well, that's a little alarming, but I guess we'll move on. She is dead. Um, Brad Dorf calls Lisa and starts screaming and telling her that the doctor's against him, and then he's like, wait a second, you're against me, and then he's like, wait, you're part of Project Samson. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame Brad for the... the assumptions that he's jumping to i don't even think he's wrong i think he's right Oh, you don't you think he's right yeah you think you think that she's uh a voluntary participant i think she was a little unknowing i think like obviously they kept some details from her and whatnot but i think with all the details she had then if she didn't know she's a fucking moron <laughs> she had enough details that she should have been fully aware of, of an issue at least Man, in my eyes, she was a victim just as much as Brad. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that too, and I do agree. I I think overall, yes, but I do think she knew enough that she should have questioned and been like, "Hey, this is sketchy. Why are you making me give this guy pills without his knowledge?" And you've also, and she also knows that like they were both raised by him, but has to keep that a secret. Like it's just all too much, you know. You're you're probably right. I might be stretching, but I do think you're right too. Like I think she doesn't know a lot. Well. Turns out, and even though he should have realized it a while ago, we realized a long time ago, this is when I thought he truly realized that Lou was against him. There's still one more, though. There's still It still <laughs> takes one more reveal for him to fully get it. Which also makes you wonder, whenever you know we hear Brad say something like, we had enough footage for three different movies, maybe in a different version of this movie, he could have found out at different times with those scenes filmed the way they, they are. They just picked all of them. Right. <laughs> Jesus fuck. That's ridiculous. Anyway, Dorif is pissed. 
And I think he burnt his eyeball closed because I don't know why else his eyeball was closed. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, he looked it looked, it up. looked it looked great like the the prosthetic, but it really fucks up his eye. He gets emotional and accidentally uses his powers inside the phone booth and like burns the fuck out of his eye. Yeah, he kind of fucks himself up while he's on the phone with Lisa. And then some cops just, like, show up because I guess, you know, phone booth fires and whatnot. Which is also the really cool fucking fire hand coming through the telephone. That was, yeah, because that's when uh, he attacked Lisa with the fire for a second, huh? Yep, I don't necessarily think he meant to. He's kind of learning how to control the powers. But, yeah, the, the fire hand comes out through the phone at Lisa's face. It looks fucking sweet. And then on the cops, he also uses the force to, like, set one on fire from afar. I love it. He just, like, looks at him. And I don't remember what he says. But I do. In... Okay, go ahead. He says, burn, god damn it. I was going to say, like, what I wanted him to say in my head headcanon is, burn, motherfucker. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Still, though, it was pretty good. Like, he already has one cop on fire because, like, it's funny. The cop pulls up to his car and he's like, license and registration. He's like, huh. You sure you want that? And then, like, he touches him. He starts getting set on fire. The other cop starts shooting at him as he's driving away. And he's like, he just looks back, looks angry as hell. And he's like, burn. And then just, dude, it's so comic booky. It's 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 awesome. Actually, this is like really made me think of another level of Toby Hooper. Like, what if we could get a like connected universe, a la Marvel? for, like, a bunch of Toby Hooper's different movies. <laughs> so, like, the alien vampires from Life Force, you got fucking Leatherface, you got fucking Brad the Explosive Man. Like, I don't know. It could be really cool. I feel like they already have a universe like that just for the Texas Chainsaw movies. I feel like all of the remakes and reboots could be a, a Marvel universe of their own if you spin it right. That's true. That's true. They're, it's already there. It's already there. Just name them. But I want to see, see, see Brad uh, interact with... Leatherface, and I really want to see Brad interact with the aliens from Life Force. <laughs> this Could you imagine start- if we got that movie? Could you imagine if we got Brad Dorif from Spontaneous Combustion just blowing up all of the vampires from Life Force? Yeah, but then if we get into this, then we got to put like the killer washing machine from like uh, Mangler in, and then like fucking. Why just- not? That sounds great. But then the gin from Gin. And then the gin is Thanos, my guy. I don't, I, I'm not with you on this idea at all. Like, I'm the furthest from this, actually. This is a great idea. This is a great idea. Anyway, back at the house, Lisa calls Lou and says, my dude, fire came out of the phone. And then Lou's like, just take the pill, sweetie. It'll be fine. Yeah, not the kind of, not the kind of thing you want to hear pretty much ever. <laughs> yeah, so fucked. Like, no one who is saying that to you has your best interest in mind. Never. There's never a time. <laughs> so next up, Brad pulls up to Lou's house, and he gets greeted by a little old man who says, I got a birthday present for you, Sam. And it's weird because I'm pretty sure his name was Mr. Fitzpatrick, and when I go into, like, IMDb, it says Mr. Piss- Fitzpatrick was uh, Dick Warlock. But Dick Warlock was only, like, 50 at this time, and I swear to God that dude was 90 years old. He seemed really old, yeah. So unless there was, like, some kind of makeup there or if Dick Warlock just wasn't looking that good or something. Like, I don't know. Let me double check right now and look up. I don't. I feel like it's hard to find characters of this movie because the name. It really is. Uh, I, I think this part's fun, though, because we get to see this guy, whoever this character's name is that we think is Mr. Fitzpatrick or Patrick or whatever the fuck. Um, he kind of fills the role of, like, uh, this movie's Alfred. Oh, wait. He's kind of like Alfred if Lou is like evil Bruce Wayne. 
Oh, dude, that totally is Dick Warlock. Is it? Yeah, that 100% was Dick Warlock that, he, that fucking shot Brad through the hand. Yeah, dude, yeah. Yeah, that was him. Holy sh- Wow, he looked very old at 50. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought he was like 75 at the least. He looks really old. That's fucking crazy. It looked like the character was supposed to be really old, too. Dude, like, he looked like he was withering. Just like little old man security guard for this rich guy who just kind of sits at the gate all day. Okay, well, anyway, yeah, Dick Warlock gets blown up also because he shoots Brad the hand and then he's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Like, because Brad's like, I thought we were friends, Fitzpatrick. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Goes to hug him. Boom. This blows yeah. up immediately. It's so the fast. The splody hug. I like the splody hug. Also, dude, Brad just looks like a zombie at this point. He looks like Ooh, he looks fucked. like zombie dad from Amityville Dollhouse. Yeah, I didn't watch it. But... Oh, I wasn't sure if you saw that one or not. But anyone that did Definitely see Amityville Dollhouse, not. he looks just like it. Oh no, dude, Dollhouse was fun. You should watch Dollhouse. Uh, okay, so Sam's getting real smoky. He's got like smoke coming off of him all the time too. Yeah, my nut right here is like uh, the dude is like a walking Chicago. <laughs> it's the same joke over and over again. That was literally my next note, though. It was like, Brad, at this point in the movie, Brad is limping, bleeding everywhere. The dude is like a walking Chicago. Yeah, and he gets into Lou's house. He does. They're finally face-to-face. It's the this showdown. This is it. It's the this fucking showdown, it. dude. Like, this is actually what I was waiting for the whole... Like, after they kept... Me- the, after the second time they mentioned Lou, I was like, he's the villain. He's orchestrating it. I was like, I can't wait for the fucking showdown at the end. Bro, this is... And this is also when... Brad finally understands everything that's happened. No, let me word it different. This is finally the last time Brad says, how do you know Lisa? (laughs) He literally looks Lou in the face. And after all, everything we've mentioned, Lou says something about Lisa. And he's like, wait, how do you know Lisa? And I'm like, bro, you cannot, you can't keep fucking doing this. (laughs) Lisa, you're killing me. (laughs) <laughs> dude that shit was so like honestly and what brad said about like you know he said something about like the better his acting got in the movie the funnier it was because of the pretense and it's so true because like it, toward the end of the movie like in the beginning he's talking like a kid he's talking like each other he's like whoa what and then at the end he's like just full-on fucking crazy pyromaniac guy and he honestly is killing it like, his acting is on fucking point by the end of this movie. Oh, he is selling it like a motherfucker. Like, dude, I fully believe that he actually was blowing up during this. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like, I like say what you will about this movie if you don't like it. Like, Brad Dorif fucking destroyed this role. He went after it, and he got it. Yeah, 100%. So, he's also filled with green radiation shit now. Like, he has the glow stick, like, on his arm. <laughs> it just, like, rips at him. And it's kind of, like, like poking out and shit, like, kind of pussing out in certain spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Lou turns around, and he just tells us his full supervillain arc. We get the whole thing, man. We get the whole fucking Scooby-Doo villain speech. Yes. And when he went... They lasted for nine months with radiation immunity. How long do you think the first heart transplant lasted? I was like, bro, you're really you're doing that part of the supervillain arc where you're trying to justify these things like the greater good blah, blah, blah means to an end. Yeah, dude, he does. And that's whenever we really see what happened here. So, again, Fallout players out there, there's a product in the game called Rad X 
that helps, you know, fight off radiation poisoning. This guy basically invented that in real life with just the slight side effect that it causes you to spontaneously combust at some point. I almost wonder with all this at this point, like, did they know about this movie? They had to. I looked. I tried to look up if there was any kind of connection or anything, or if like, yeah, like an interview with, because uh, you know this came out in ninety, and the first Fallout game came out in ninety seven, and so I was trying to see if like they listed this movie as like an inspiration or something, and they don't ever. I couldn't find anything like that. Huh. The only thing I'm finding is that apparently there is spontaneous combustion in Fallout Three. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. That kind of all points to it to me. I know, right? It has to. Like, that has to be a call. Like, they put it in the game later. They're like, all right, shout out to what we ripped this off from. Yep. So Lou eventually tells us that his plan was to get Lisa and Brad to fuck and have a baby so he could study them and make a perfect baby. Really just, if you didn't think this would, uh, you know what it is. You know what kind of movie this is. It's there, man. It's there. And basically, uh, Brad is America's most powerful nuclear weapon. And he proves that by turning uh, the power plant uh, into an explosion and blowing him and Lou up. Yeah, he basically, what he looks like is that he becomes, like, a nuclear meltdown. For a second, I thought he was actually going to grow and he was going to turn into a giant fire monster. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I thought he was going to turn into a giant fire monster and just, like, Godzilla the place. Just fucking Power Rangers, Super Sentai, Kaiju bullshit. (laughs) Like, just some crazy... Hang on. Huh. Now I want that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that has to be the sequel, right? Yeah, that's that's totally what happens in part two. But we do it with uh with Lisa. Oh yeah, 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 that's true. That's the modern the modern version, she becomes a giant fire. No, monster. actually I think the sequel and we'll talk about okay, well Okay, I'm just gonna since we're already pretty much at the end, I'll explain it right now, but he's gonna sure, go, go to ahead. another dimension in a second. Um the sequel is he comes out of the dimension and now he's a giant fireball monster and Lisa's the good fire monster and she's trying to hold him back. She's like, Brad, yes. I know you're still in there. <laughs> Yes, some Godzilla shit. Let's go. I'm so ready for that movie, dude. Some like Ultraman shit. Yes, I'm, I'm so all ready about for it. This. I, please, please, the modern remake. Someone do that, please. Someone, someone, or or if not, fucking, we're gonna fucking make it, dude. We gotta make we, it. We hook up from a, a sharp objects Dylan guy. And like, uh, bro, we're fucking objects. making this movie. <laughs> Is that, that's not what it was. It candy. actually makes it so much better that you called it sharp objects. Fuck, it's it's candy. I feel yes. like such an asshole. I was so close. Shout out Dylan R. Nix, man. I love that guy. <laughs> so we head back to Lisa, and uh, like that weird-ass little doctor pulls up behind her, and he gets a little too giddy when he stabs the reanimator needle into her arm. Because, okay, there's a few things about this. Like He stabs it through her arm, and then he shoots all the shit. Th- like, it, none of it gets in her. It goes out of her yeah. arm. Yeah. I'm not even sure why, sh- what the reanimator shit is going to do to her or for her or why he's trying to make her take it. That is a question that is never answered. A few times they're basically like, oh, yeah, it's the vaccine. And I think she says a few times that, you know, if he takes it, it'll make him, like, stop blowing up and whatnot. It'll stop everything. But obviously that's what they're telling her. So that can't be what it is. But they never right. explain what it actually is. Yeah. What would it do? Like, if they're trying to rep, their whole goal is to replicate it and to have like their own nuclear weapon. So, like, if they're inject, what could the injection possibly do for them? I have no idea. Because at first I was like, oh, is that like the medicine, and that can like calm them down? But they would, or they wouldn't want that though. Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't want that. Maybe, it, maybe it works like temporarily. 
maybe it's like but how chloroform. would they ever test that? They don't have anyone to test it on, so how do they know? know? I don't know. That's so fucking. And also, what did he spray all the shit on under like her arm that made him like kind of blow up? Because he stabbed it through her arm and then he like sprayed it out and it was on like something kind of like blue and shiny and almost like electrical looking. Like it almost looked like one of those little like, you know, those glow lamp things that you like touch and like the little like things follow your fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those plasma balls. Yeah, the plasma ball. It kind of almost looked like that. But I'm like, oh, first off, if that is some, what is it? Why is it there? Why is it causing a glow stick reanimator needle to react and blow his face up? Because he looked like the devil after that. Like, his face was blown up. You're right. I don't know why. I was just thinking, I was just going through and, like, the the other, I was, like, going to say, oh, well, that happens because this part, but that part doesn't happen till after. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, I have no idea what know. happened there. I just know that he stabbed it through her arm. He didn't get it in her. He shot it out, and then it reacted to whatever it sprayed on, and then it blew up his face. Yeah. That's the best I can explain that. <laughs> okay, well. That happened, but it's um, not. It's not. It's not done yet. It's still not done yet. No, he's still there. He's the devil now. And then, like uh, Lisa goes to fight him off, and then she fights him off. She stabbed him with the vaccine thing, and then she threw him onto like some glass and like ripped his face open. And then he starts like him. leaking the radiation shit or the uh, the green it's shit. It's sick. Yeah, it's cool as fuck. It's pretty crazy. And now uh, Lisa is a fire girl. Yes, she is. And then another government chick shows up, and then. Lisa doesn't know who she is. I don't know who she is. And then she starts talking, and she's like, hey, you don't know who I am, huh? You don't know who she is? Neither will anyone else. No, who is she? The girl who attacks Lisa? Yeah, who is she? It's Rachel. Who is Rachel? His ex-wife. Oh. 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 (laughs) Oh. Oh. That's no, why she's okay, there. Well, go back to what I was saying about her earlier. I said she was irrelevant, and I wouldn't talk much about her after that. I forgot she existed at this point in the movie. Yeah, that's why she's there. She comes there to kill Lisa. What the fuck? Why? Okay, I get it. She's lose. But it, okay, that's okay. That's fine. Well, she pulls out his fire extinguisher and she starts spraying Lisa's firearm. She's like, "Stop! You're making it worse." And she's like, "That's the point." I know, bitch. And then she's about to kill Lisa with a fire extinguisher. But then Brad shows up looking like fucking straight up like zombie dad from Amityville House. Like he's full send at this point. <laughs> and then he's like, well, he beats her up. He, he kills her, blows her up. And then he's like, yep. Lisa, I can save you. And I, I could take your fire. Like I could like eat it or something. <laughs> I don't know what he's trying to say, but he could take it. That's essentially what he's saying. Yeah, like you... <laughs> Your arm is on fire. You realize that you have the same problem that I do. Apparently, he's like Zen Master fucking yeah. Brad now, and he's like, I can take it from you without hurting you, I guess. No, dude, he's like he's like Naruto, like full power up. like Yeah, and it happens in like five minutes. <laughs> like your power's just awoken. Like he and- literally like just left like the fucking sages, and he's like, all right. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I can I can absorb you now. Maybe maybe like time works differently for him now. <laughs> like maybe in his in his world he's done all this fucking training with the fire gods. He didn't go to a world yet. He just blew up and walked over nah, there. Dude, it all we just didn't see it. No, we, we just didn't see it. It's like some it's like some fucking Doctor Strange shit. Nah, whatever. Well, he 
he gets sucked into another dimension and then he just leaves Lisa feeling really confused as like every audience member did at the end. Oh yeah, I, I don't know what I was supposed to do at the end of the movie. <laughs> Dude, she's just standing there kind of looking around and I was like, that, that's me. That's me right now. <laughs> well, and we're probably having the same thoughts like, okay, so you took the fire and you disappeared does that mean the fire is not in me anymore? Will it come back? Is what? Am I still a fire person? What do I... I'm going to go to bed tonight. What do I do tomorrow morning? Of all movies that need a sequel, Spontaneous Combustion needs a sequel. But it it's is. not even just like it needs it now. Like, it's not the same anymore. I needed a sequel from Toby Hooper. I agree. I would have really liked to see a sequel to this come out like a couple years after it came out. Dude, I would have loved for this to be one of those just weird like horror things that becomes like, you know, like a full movie series. Like there's like five of these and they're just all weird as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even like you there's there's plenty of like I'm sure Brad Dorp came back. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. It does not sound like it. Uh, but yeah, man, even, even kind of how Candyman was where like the first one was a big deal, but then like it, they kept making more kind of just weird movies. Yeah. And people didn't really care as much about it or like uh, species was also kind of like that sort of like a sci-fi thing. There's so and then many subspecies of species too. <laughs> That's right. There are multiple if subspecies was there? allowed to have like fucking five or whatever the hell they have. Like even three, this should have had three or five. Yeah, I want five. I want five spontaneous combustions. Like, who the fuck greenlit fucking subspecies and didn't greenlit this? Or greenlit? Yeah. Yeah. Well, subspecies was a full moon feature, wasn't it? Yep. Fucking, we could have gotten this. They'll greenlight anything. Why didn't they greenlight a sequel to this? Well, I guess because nobody's asking for it until right now, but full moon features. Get on the shit. Yeah, but you got to go back. I want Toby Hooper. I know. I actually would have really liked to see what what the early 2000s version of a spontaneous combustion movie would be. I kind of wouldn't because, I don't know, without the 90s explosions and lightning. It'd be bad. It'd be bad, but I want to see it. What's the post-scream, post-saw spontaneous combustion? The one that comes out in, like, 2004, you know? I feel like it would be very Kevin Williamson. I think so, too. Like, it would be like, I know what you did last explosion. I want to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> the crabs on Leonard in the trunk, but they're blowing up. <laughs> Fuck this shit. We talk about fan edits all the time. I need to make a fan edit of I know what you did last summer. Last and replace replace all the kills with people blowing up. I just want to see the crabs blowing up in the trunk. Yep, crab explosion. Oh fuck! But yeah, there was fourteen kills in this. Um, I'm gonna speak for both of us. Yeah, hell yeah, we recommend this. Go fucking watch this if you want to see people blow up for an hour and a half and like no uh, downtime. They're always blowing up. Yeah, highly recommend it. Uh, if you're having trouble finding it, it actually it's on is full things on YouTube. If you type, it's hard to find because it's spontaneous combustion. You gotta you're type get in a like bunch of shit. either spontaneous combustion movie or like spontaneous combustion 1990 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I put in 1990 and it got me right there. So that's that's how I found it. Definitely worth your time if you can just like throw it up on YouTube. It's great. Yeah, I mean you're not you're literally not losing anything from it, but you're gaining a lot. A lot of enjoyment. Uh, uh, some confusion, but a lot of enjoyment. You know, I lost my parents, but I gained a girlfriend. That's how I feel about spontaneous combustion. <laughs> and you know, no boobs in this. Does not matter, though. Yeah. They all blew up wow. anyway. 
feel like that's the second time that's happened pretty recently with zero boobs, but it's a great movie. Yeah, you know, it happens a lot. I guess boobs really don't define movies. Who would have thunk? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I'm going to let you rate this first. I'm nervous about your rating if you're making me go first. Uh, I give it three and a half stars. Okay, okay. And what is your? what are you taking off for? It's... I mean, what am I taking off for? Like, it's not like a, I'm not going to call it like a classic piece of cinema. Like, you know, you're talking, when you're talking like four stars and up, I'm talking like Halloween. I'm talking like people under the stairs. And this, this doesn't get there for me. You know, this is a classic. It does get there. This is a five star movie. (laughs) I am. I, I will not go any lower than that. This is a perfect movie in my eyes. I'm not kidding. I I literally don't have a single quarrel with this. There is not a single thing wrong with this in my eyes. This is a five-star movie, 100%. I I love that you love it. Like 100 This is this might be one of my favorite movies of all time at this point. Like I definitely liked it, but I love that you love it. Yeah, I I love this. It's not a like. It is a love. Like this is my love child. I'm I'm happy for you, man. I really am. I kind of feel like this is like the movie I've been looking for for a long time. Like, wow, it's I don't know, dude. Like when Toby Hooper goes weird, he goes fucking weird. Like Texas, like everyone already knows, Texas Chainsaw Two sure. is my favorite movie of all time. Oh shit, yeah. This is like it just warms my heart knowing that Toby Hooper can uh double and like triple down on like this weird shit a few times. Like I I love this. I I love explosions. I love I love explosions. <laughs> Bro, you might have just become a Hooper guy. I've always been a Hooper guy, but I've been, like, kind of on the edge of some stuff he does, and I'm like, I don't know if I can call him, like, one of the best. But the more that I go into his stuff, I'm like, I think he's the best. He has, like, a, it's almost, his movies are almost, like, exploitive in some ways, and I feel like he might be a god at just weird, weird movies. You're a Hooper guy, man. Gotta, gotta, gotta put put that life force on repeat, and that's where you lose me, and that is where you lose me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you just need to approach it with a, a new lens. Maybe with this newfound. I actually have thought of that too because I've seen a, multiple reviews of Life Force since we've done it, and people are like, "This is kind of a gem in some weird ways." And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I do. I think when I was going into watching it, I just really wanted it to be space vampires going off and that's yeah. not what it was so i was pissed but you know what i i have thought of a few scenes in that one like a like naked alien vampire space lady going off was pretty crazy yeah, so i don't know maybe yeah. maybe i do like life force i'll have to go back sometime but i don't know man i think that i'm probably more inclined to like life force like than then we because, first watched it yeah because my i mean one of my favorites if not my most favorite movie is Big Trouble in Little China and it gets so weird and apocalyptic at the end remember yeah 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 and like that kind of gave me those vibes of this like really (laughs) stupid bumbling hero like because I forget who the hero was in Life Force but it was someone who shouldn't have been a hero he looked like a jackass I'm not gonna lie um we do have like all those old Suck Your Blood episodes and I delete most of them and I think I don't know I'm trying to figure out what to do with just like that past feed since I already destroyed it a while ago and whatnot and we didn't like a lot of them yeah. I am kind of thinking that like some of those could use a rewatch. I would I would watch Life Force again after this. 
I would watch Life Force again. Yeah, there's a few things I would watch again. Like, there's a few that I'd probably just be like, nah, we can scrap those. But I'm not watching Nosferatu again. That's Sorry. The, it's just that's, boring. That's the one <laughs> in my head that I'm like, I will not watch again. But, like, pretty much most other things we covered, I feel like I might watch again. Yeah, I have uh, John Carpenter's Vampires on VHS now. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, and you know, we always did like light conversations and light notes before. I would be interested in taking like full notes on some of those and actually like having a better discussion that's not just us talking about penises. Yeah, I don't know. So eh, maybe maybe Life Force will come back again soon because I I don't know. I am we're gonna be I'm gonna be doing more Toby Hooper movies for sure. Like that's they're coming around. I think we're gonna do Altered States next week. There we go, Ken Russell. Yeah, we we had that Ken Russell thing with Layer of the White Worm, and we're kind of hooked on him a little bit right now too and i want to watch some more of his stuff i love it so i think we're gonna do that and then i think i'm probably gonna try to stuff some more toby hooper stuff down everyone's throat yeah and uh darcy the male girl and joe bob were just uh shouting out altered states on tiktok today so yeah we almost did that instead because of uh because of that but uh i did want to see people explode so i'm glad we watched this movie i had a great time yeah it's it's fun like you can't not have fun watching this so yeah let's do the fuck mary kill you have uh lou you have the human torch and you have me um you're dead uh i will fuck the human torch you're dead um which means that i would be dead which is great because i married lou (laughs) and so i'd rather be dead than be married to lou anyway i didn't say what order you didn't say what order maybe you're impervious Oh, does, is that another skill that he learns from the, the fire Jedi? <laughs> no, nah, I'm just throwing some stuff out. I'm just trying to make it okay. <clears throat> I'm trying to make things interesting. But anyway, yeah, that was um, Toby Hooper's Spontaneous Combustion from 1990. Great movie. Brad Dorif. Love to see it. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. I just love I just love Brad Dorif. I just really do. It's hard to see him on screen and not smile. Yep. Good guy, good guy. So, uh, James, tell people where uh, you can find all your show and all the horror stuff you do. Uh, Yeah, find my stuff on Night Shift Video. That's N-I-T-E Shift Video. Uh, you'll Anything that I make, you'll find if you search that. You'll be fine. And, yeah, I have uh, some stuff, too. You can find the Instagram at Horror Soup. You can find the Twitter at Horror Soup Sucks. Uh, my letterbox where I do reviews on movies like this is at Horror Soup Caleb. And, uh, you know, you can force us to watch things that you probably want us to cover that we don't want to watch because it seems to be what everyone does at patreon.com slash Horror Soup. There's also a bunch of cool bonus episodes. And uh, speaking of Dylan, our Knicks, we just did a really cool thing where uh, he premiered his brand new show, Try Some Fun Size Pieces of Sharp Candy. Sharp Candy. Really fun. His new show is really cool, and we premiered it right there. It's not coming out till October 22nd, but you can see it on the Patreon right now. And it's on all tiers, so you could even just do, like, the dollar tier, and you can go check it out. Because I just want people to see it, but, you know. Had to put it somewhere. There it is. Go check it yeah. out. Check out his show. Watch it. Go watch it. Uh, watch it Dylan for a stuff. dollar. Exactly. Exactly. It's worth it. You get a sneak peek. I mean, it's a good It's a good deal. You know what I'm saying? It's a good deal. And, uh, yeah, I also have that email that you can send in your movie suggestions in. Light suggestions, you know, and then we got the hard suggestion. Um, but yeah, the light suggestions are at horrormovierequests at yahoo.com. And, uh, yeah, yeah, check check out uh, the show I produce, too. I'm producing uh, my friend's Buckley show right now. It's uh, After School Special. You can find that on the All Bulls Welcome YouTube, which I upload my shows to also. But, uh Right now, I'm doing Buckley's stuff. Go check it out. We talk about, like, uh, pretty much current news, current events, hip-hop, uh, local stuff around us, like, local artists, blah, 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 just, like, weird pop culture stuff. But it's, it's mainly, like, it's... We talk about a lot of cash flow. So, uh... Drops up, baby, drops up.
grubs up. Give me harasu, give me, give me harasu, give it, give it harasu, harasu. Would you like some bread? I'll do you a slice with a pinch of salt. It'll taste really nice. You've done really well, 'cause this stuff tastes just like hell. Swallow it down, it'll fill up a hole. Stick out your tongue and lick out your bowl. We're having a bite with creatures of the night. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me hard soup, give me, give me hard soup, give it, give it. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me hard soup, give me, give me hard soup, give it, give it. Hard soup, hard soup, hard soup. We'll keep you well fed. Its gorgeous smell could wake the dead. Vegetable is just forgettable. If your energy's low, you know what to do. Simply double on down some of this spooky stew. We'll wine and dine a hungry Frankenstein. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me hard soup. Give me, give me hard soup. Give it, give it. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me hard soup. Give me, give me hard soup. Give it, give it hard soup. Hard soup. Let me be your Sweeney Todd, your private chef. I'll be your just dessert. You can even drink it from a cup. I'll do the washing up. I'll do the washing up. I'm getting full. I'm getting full. My belly's gonna burst. He can't even look after himself.